Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We need to think kind of in a tolerant way about how people can join the movement around climate solutions from where they are um, with values that they already have with passions that they already have and with constraints and opportunities that they already have. And that will look different for every single person on the planet. Kim Cobb is a climate scientist at Georgia Tech in Atlanta. In that way, we have everything we need to be a massive activator for climate solutions. Uh, But taking the first step can seem very daunting. She's been looking at how changes in our behavior during the pandemic have impacted the planet. And perhaps, not surprisingly, many of these changes revolve around travel. With millions of commuters staying at home and fewer airplanes flying, greenhouse gas emissions have dropped significantly. But the question now is, will those changes last? For Professor Cobb, it all comes down to what we do next. We know we need to get to work, so we cannot let up on the gas on this one. We are absolutely going to have to push forward and uh, find energy together. Today is Earth Day, a day for celebrating and appreciating our planet and raising awareness of our environmental challenges. So for this episode, I'm turning things over to my colleague, Drew Kahn from CNN's climate team. He'll talk with Professor Cobb about the connection between the climate and the coronavirus and how we can keep up our green habits even after the pandemic is behind us. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. So your research is focused on how the climate has changed over time, but more recently, uh, I know you've become more vocal and focused on solutions to the climate crisis. What was the first major action that you took personally to reduce your carbon footprint and how has that changed your life? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that I did, and I have to be very honest and say that I had no idea it would be so transformative was to begin biking to work and walking my kids to school. I have four kids. They go to school embarrassingly close by and I'd been uh, uh, driving them for a decade at that point and uh, driving the several miles to work uh, for 14 years in Atlanta. And so kind of this experiment came upon me as, well, maybe this is a, you know, my own personal kind of climate uh, solution. And I got on my bike in January 2017 and have basically never gotten off. But really what I realized is how important it was for me from a mental and physical health perspective, but also how much it helped me understand the links between a small individual step like that and the kinds of broader scale changes that we know we'll need to see when we are on our path to stabilizing climate change. 
So I want to talk about things that a lot of us have been doing for the past year. Many of us have spent that time doing a lot of things out of necessity because of the pandemic, like people are flying less, traveling less in general. Many of us who are privileged enough to be able to work from home are still doing that. Which of those things that we've been doing should we continue to do after the pandemic has subsided because they're good for the planet? Well, I think one of the most important lessons we need to take from this is that there's no one size fits all solution. And now we're facing the question, what do we want to go back to? What elements of newly adopted practices would we like to keep as individuals, as institutions? And where is there space for that tiny additional increment of change (laughs) that might be our next step personally or as an institution? So those are the questions I know we're thinking about right now. And those are the kinds of questions that we'll be grappling with for you know the next several years as we kind of resettle into, I hope not uh, business as usual back to normal. I hope an accelerated movement towards our next steps kind of in condensed form to accelerate our progress or our low carbon future. What are some of the things that people have been doing uh, because of the pandemic to stay safe that we should continue doing and how big of an impact can those things have? Well, one thing I think the probably the broadest scale shift that we've seen in terms of emission is a shift from largely the commercial sector and public sector emissions for people's workplaces to a residential power sector ledger. And so that shift in the ledger actually has generated a a reduction in emissions during this prolonged period. If we want to talk about uh, road transportation, we see deep deep uh, changes in the amount of road travel emissions across the globe. And then last but not least, aviation as well. Probably, of course, the heaviest hit sector emissions-wise, down 97% in the United States during peak lockdown and, and still recovering, kind of crawling back. But if we go forward, we need to be thinking about, well, where do we want to be in five years? Where do we want to be in 10 years? What are some other things, big and small, that people can do in their homes and daily lives that can reduce their carbon footprint? It really is a kind of diversity of answers because it really depends on where your carbon foot is coming from. My own personal carbon footprint was really heavy on flying as a frequent flyer. And so that was the piece that I chose to start on in terms of the biggest carbon hit on my personal carbon footprint budget. People who only fly once or twice a year domestically, that's not going to be the case for them. And so they'll have other areas where they can make some progress. Really, the big elephant in the room is the toxic air pollution from our continued dependence on fossil fuels and internal combustion engines. And so, you know, we want to think about the biggest public health win that we could have this decade. It's to reduce the tens of thousands of deaths per year that are attributed to air pollution in our country by switching over internal combustion engines to electric vehicles, by moving from coal-based electricity generation to uh, low-carbon, no-pollution renewables. Those are the wins we know are at our fingertips for everybody. What lessons, in your opinion, has the last year taught us about the impacts that individual behavior can have on solving huge global problems like the COVID-19 pandemic or the climate crisis? We can't do this alone. There's no one individual who's going to be able to save us, (laughs) no matter how hard they try. And so the same is true with climate change. 
um, it's going to take a large community and uh, collective voices and uh, reminding policymakers and institutional CEOs and, and presidents that we care and that we want to see them act and talking to city council members and your elected officials. It's really going to have to be uh, from the ground up and be met by evidence-based policymaking from the top down. And that's what we've learned has been the winning recipe for tackling the pandemic. And that's what it's going to take to turn the tanker of climate change around as well. That was Kim Cobb, a climate scientist at Georgia Tech, and my colleague, Drew Can from CNN's climate team. Over the past year, we've seen how our actions impact the environment and how quickly it all happens, but also how we can make lasting changes to help save the planet. Now, it's just a matter of continuing these habits once the pandemic is over. Here's a few simple things you can do, like try to fly less, drive less, and waste less food and water. But to be honest, I think a lot of this has to happen on the policy level. This week, President Joe Biden is hosting a leader summit on climate during which he is expected to announce plans to reduce the United States' greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. The Biden administration has invited dozens of world leaders to join him for the summit and hopefully get them to pledge more ambitious emissions cuts as well. If you have any questions, Please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them in the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.